Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Feels like it's been forever since we've been here, JC. <laughs> I was telling, I don't know who I was telling, I was like, man, I... Relatively speaking, my workload slowed down a little bit over the holidays. I actually got 10 or 15 minutes where I got to sit down and do nothing. And then I was like, wait a minute. I get I get sat down and I can't get going again. <laughs> so I'm happy to be here with everybody in our chat room. We are live today. Uh, we have some great things coming up for you. We're going to start off the day with a funny video, and I want to tell you also where we're going to be in the next week or so. Mm. But let's go ahead uh, just quickly because you guys. I'm not sure it's funny, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> funny. Funny because you got to laugh because if you don't. Yeah, that kind of funny. Yeah. Let me go ahead and and, and share this, this with you so that, that you can see what it is that we're talking about here the sound up there are you ready everybody here we go we ask it in the name of the monotheistic god brahma and god known by many names by many different faiths a man and a woman <laughs> seriously jc how do you how do you even reconcile something like that? Amen. Amen. And a, a woman. And a woman. <laughs> you got to go to seminary <laughs> to get that stupid. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I think you got to be a politician to be that stupid. I, I, I think maybe it's a combination of seminary and being in office. It's trying to be woke. I just woke. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Yeah. But you, He's but, trying to get that. Yeah. What is that? Amen. That looks like some kind of carburetor on his face. That is the craziest looking mask I have ever seen. He wins the crazy mask award. Yeah, truth is, I don't even know if he said it. Oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, think Deep about fake. Think about that. It, you how do you know when somebody says anything if they their face is covered up? Here's here's how I you mean, know. I believe okay. I'm not saying I don't believe no, no, no. I, he said it, but I'm here's, just saying here's how you know. Because if he didn't say it, it is so stupid he would have been everywhere going, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say, say that. that. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's deep fake. I didn't say that. So uh, apparently, Richard, this guy actually claims to be a Christian, uh, a, a pastor, a United Methodist pastor. Where did you say his district is? Uh, Kansas City. Kansas Missouri. City, yeah. Missouri. A man and a woman. A man no, that, and that a whole, woman. So that whole push of the uh, the wokeness yeah. of the left. Right. Amen has nothing to do with gender. The the Right. <laughs> And it's crazy, just like yeah, I don't know if he's a pa I he's a preacher. He's a preacher. He I don't may not be a think pastor. He pastors a church, but he's a preacher, United Methodist preacher. Um, he may even be in pastor of a church. I don't know. But yeah, so amen. That amen means so be, so be it. It's so an, be it's it. an affirmation, <laughs> right? Let it be so. Uh it has I love nothing how to they... do with man or woman. So he here they tried to help him with yeah, the thing, man a man and, and a, woman, a woman, which makes even less sense, right? Because right? look up here, the 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 YouTube credit uh, decipher, what are they? Closed captions actually translate it as a man and a woman, yeah, which makes even less sense than him saying amen and 
a a woman. He right. was not saying a woman. Yeah. He was saying a man, like a m e n, and a woman, like capital a w o m e n. And I I get like I, men is some kind of like like a is a prefix to yeah. the word men. And I I get. Uh, I mean, I think I've heard people say like ladies say say that a woman say that before but it's you've but heard it, that before no but it's a joke oh okay right? they say yeah, it like yeah. teasing like a joke that's not the point of this yeah, this is you... wokeness Wait. right he's demonstrating <laughs> his gender neutrality and inclusiveness although what's strange no, he's demonstrating his stupidity well he is but i'm saying it from their woke perspective mm -hmm. he's, he's trying to show you he's you know they're inclusive and it, that's so it's a great demonstration of the woke philosophy creating absolute nonsense so this right. this actually has no meaning whatsoever so right. a a woman what does that mean like that's right. supposed to be connected to amen amen has nothing to do with gender right what are you talking about so it's complete utter gibberish it's right. absolute gibberish it has no meaning whatsoever right right so, right and, and so then the other level of it is and here's the thing. Clearly, we understand as Americans. I mean, he has, he has the right to pray. I mean, he could pray nonsense. He could pray yeah, whatever he absolutely. wants. Absolutely. But the the point is, uh, words have meaning. Right. Terms have meaning. So you you portraying yourself as Methodist preacher, Christian, whatever. So the idea he he's creating a new thing. Because the rest of the prayer, he says, he says all this prayer. And then he says, I pray in the name of, and then he says, Brahma, mm -hmm. which is the four faced, four mouthed in God, uh, uh, Hindu, Hindu creator God, I believe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, and uh, the monotheistic uh, the, the God of many names, many faced, whatever. So here's, here's the deal. And it's not about. It's not about his liberty to worship. It's not about that because clearly he can do that. So if that's what he's doing, then he's creating something out of whole cloth, right? Just with, and then, but that's not what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's going on here is absolute confusion. So here's the thing. If you're a Christian and somebody said, can he be a Christian? The, the direct answer is no, he cannot. So if he stands by what he says, then he is in fact, uh, not no. an Orthodox biblical Christian no. because the basis of Christianity, and this doesn't mean you have to accept this, but I'm talking about this is how Christianity is defined as, as believers. Um, Jesus Christ, the head and founder of the Christian faith, made an exclusivist, what's known as an exclusivist claim. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, I he am, said, the, I am only the way, way, the truth, the life. <laughs> no man cometh to the Father but by me. Mm -hmm. So Christianity is an exclusivist religion. So then when you as a so-called Christian preacher carrying the Christian message, right, claim to this is a reflection of the Christian message. This is not the Christian message. So you can't say Brahma and because uh, uh, Hindu, by the way, Hinduism is not even an exclusivist religion. OK, mm -hmm. they don't make exclusivist claim. They're more gods, whatever. So. Uh, to, to to say is many faced by many names. That's absolutely contrary to the Christian faith. Okay, uh, and I understand we have people that 
are different faiths and and no faith at all that watch our show. That's not the point. It's not the point of you make making you well, let me adhere say, to some religion. Let me but say this, JC. Christianity is defined by the Bible, and you can say, well, people interpret different things different ways. But that when what when Jesus makes an exclusive claim of deity, there's no interpretation. It is what it is. And so, yes, this this is reflective of no shape, form, or fashion of Christianity or or biblical uh, teachings whatsoever. So this guy is a fraud, right? If if this is what he believes, then he should stop passing himself off as a Christian minister. He is actually um, uh, 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 committing fraud uh, yeah. against the people he is perpetrating so himself. United to. Methodist Church. So and from a Christian perspective, from, it's from a an Antichrist message. From American perspective, Freedom of the the religious freedom, the right to to liberty of conscience means that government cannot prefer one religion over another. Right. So uh, there is in no way, shape or form. Would we ever have we ever will we ever advocate that there shall only be one prayer in front of Congress? If that's the kind of thing that you want, then then that is un-American because that's not simply what America's built on. Right. Our founders said specifically that religious liberty must be a tenant, a foundational tenant of America. Uh, one of our founding fathers, an, a, a Baptist minister, by the way, yeah. By the name of uh, John Leland said that all must be at liberty in America to worship. He said uh, Jews, Turks and Christians, pagans, too. And even uh, understanding as well that the, the liberty to worship God according to your conscience also includes the liberty to not worship according to your conscience. Sure. So this and is not about a religious liberty. This is not yeah. about religious liberty. This is about stupidity. Yeah. This is about the progressive insanity that makes people redefine language. Right, right. So that we no longer know that amen means so be it. It means something to do with gender or the very thought that speaking the word man or men instantly triggers people in society so you must follow it up with woman and what that leads to is a prayer that's 37 hours long because then you have to say a man a woman a gender one a gender two a gender 477 well and this you, is about yeah. redefining words and language and concepts and concepts it's pure to, confusion to create confusion yeah. because chaos is the source of government downfall because it's their whole core mm -hmm. of there. There are no fixed standards. No. So the same thing where you, you know, you said now you have to include a woman with a men, even though they have nothing to do with each other. Well, and then you also have to, as you saw, make this effort of, I got to include every, every, uh, kind of God we can think of Yeah. Uh, to say Brahma. And then every other God, every other name, every, okay. They're not the same. <laughs> right. So, I, I mean, and I understand their arguments and this this has caused wars and divisions and fightings and whatever. We know that. Mm -hmm. But the point is, the point here is the complete the, the idea that I can't stand for and speak for the God I believe in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You would never see a Muslim. All right. And I'm not trying to be anti-Muslim. I'm just saying. 
you cannot, you would not see yes, that's a, a really Muslim great point. Uh, changing. <laughs> saying a prayer to a Hindu guy. Right. In order to appease but wokeness or whatever. Simply because he is a, a an alleged Christian pastor, United Methodist Church pastor. It is expected that he right. not be in his religion. Yeah. He must reach out and and bring others religion because if, you know what the you know what the point is here JC and I just sort of felt the whole shiver through the 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 snowflake land when you said this. The absolute fact is this is Christianity at its core is an exclusive religion. Right. And and that is that ought not be offensive, but right. that's inherently offensive to those who can't handle the yeah. fact I mean, that it is. It is. What it it is. just absolutely is. Islam is exclusivist. Judaism is exclusivist. Oh, yeah. Christianity is exclusivist. We, you know, so why? I mean, you either believe that or you don't. Mm -hmm. So I, there is no way, no way in a million years. And again, I, I, I love people. I love my fellow Americans, even mm -hmm. if you're not Christian like I am. Right. I, mean, I want to be a, I, I mean, my heart's desire is that you become a Christian right. like me. Right. And I want to share the gospel and have the gospel convince you of that. Right. Um, uh, but I, I'm a Christian and not ashamed of it. No. And in, not in a billion years, not in a bazillion years, <laughs> can I conceive of any sincere Christian Praying a prayer and and ending it with in the name of another God. Can you imagine? If you a are scenario? a Christian, if you are a Christian, it is it is a fundamental uh, concept that you do not believe that the that other gods are gods. So what, or, or you're not a Christian. So, so those two ideas are self contradictory. So so no to now to say okay the guy's a, a christian and he had some lapse uh if that's the case he needs to repent and he of this publicly and correct him and be corrected uh however a lapse when you if, if to say this is what he truly believes then no absolutely not he is not a christian and from the point of view of the christian faith he's a minister of antichrist so Period. what you're saying is, JC, there is no scenario in JC's reality where JC actually starts talking about uh, saying prayers that are inclusive no, of other. No, no, not not <laughs> uh, unto death, unto <laughs> death, death, unto death. death. By the threat of death, so, I would never. This is recanting your faith. Yeah. No way. You would yeah. send me to the other side. Yeah. Well, it's, before I it would is, ever is say what this man said. It is the definition of heresy. It is the definition of ad, you're essentially recanting your yeah. faith. It, it is. Yes. And it is heresy. So is heresy. Live Oak, Florida, Saturday, January 9th, 2021, Liberty's Tour. Are you ready for that, JC? Yeah. Liberty Tour 2021 kicks off in our old stomping ground, Live Oak, Florida. We will be at the Swanee County Coliseum. 1302 11th Street, Southwest Live Vogue at 2 p.m. That's January 9th, 2021. So make sure that you are sharing that all over the place so we can get our crowds there. Then we are going to Yuba City, Yuba City, California. Uh, Yuba City, California in uh, the same month. Here we go. I'm 
I'm going to figure this out one of these days. Yuba City, California, uh, that the Church of Glad Tidings, 1117 Eager Road, Yuba City. We will actually be there for several days. It's a conference. There will be other speakers as well. And JC and I will both be there. So we are hoping that you will join us in both Live Oak, Florida and Yuba City, California, just kicking off uh, Liberty Tour 2021. And so uh, here we go, JC. In our, I, I wanted to talk about January 6th today because there's a lot of information floating around out there. And I think it's important that people know how to find the right answers, right? Because when you have information that is conflicting, no matter where it comes from, whatever, there has to be a way for people to find truth. And what I've come to understand is part of the frustration that people have, JC, is they simply don't know how to locate truth. It's difficult. Yeah. How do you, f because people, people have certain faces that they trust. I mean, people come here because they trust us. And I, I don't hold that trust lightly. I think that is the greatest honor that we have people giving us trust in that. And I want to just simply say, look, uh, anybody that tells you, uh, you, that you have to listen to them, you cannot disagree with them, then there's something wrong with that person. And so what I want to show you is not that you have to listen to Chris Ann Hall or JC Hall, that this is the only source of your information. I am a teach show. And sometimes that's irritating to people. If that's irritating, then how about if I direct you to go see our friend Jonathan Shuttleworth's show? He starts at 1130 p.m. Eastern time. He is more of an entertainment show. Uh, there are different forums for different people to assimilate similar information. So whatever trips or trigger, we are a an, an education show. And so what I want to do is I want to show you uh, what's going to happen, uh, what's supposed to happen January 6th. So January 6th, JC, is the date that the, uh, that has been set by law mm -hmm. by our legislators to count the electoral college vote. That date is set right there. The date for counting electoral votes fixed by law following each presidential election. Elect the law is 3 USC, uh, which stands for United States Code, Section 15. Yeah. It's also called, you know, you know the name of it. I'm always getting it wrong. It's title 3, Chapter 1. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Electoral College. Title 3, Chapter 1, sub Subsection 15. Yes. Uh, the the uh, It was originally the Electoral uh, count act of 1887. So you'll you'll hear people referring to yeah. electoral count act of 1887. So that electoral count act is is now that uh, three USC right 15. And so the J January date is fixed by law, and it is only changed by law. Right. And it happened. It has happened that way in the past. For example, just in its most recent application on, on in 2013. Mm -hmm. January 6th was going to be uh, was going to fall on a Sunday. So the House and the Senate passed H.J., which is House 
uh, Joint Resolution 122 and sent it to the president. The president of the United States, December 28th, 2012, changed the date by law to January 4th so that the date count wouldn't fall on a Sunday. Right. So uh, let's just be clear about this. It is set by law. Uh, the Senate president, which would be Vice President Pence at this time, does not have the authority to change that date, mm-hmm. to ignore that date, to set aside that date. The There is no setting aside of this date. Right. Now, the date... Unless they pass a law. Unless they pass a law. And it has... And, and by the way, the Vice President of the United States doesn't have a role to pay in, pla- in play in passing the laws. Right. A law is passed when it passes the House, passes the Senate, and signed into law by the president. The vice president yeah. does not have a well, role he, in signing unless the president yeah, is he, dead. R- right, signing, yeah. yeah. I mean, he his his role is simply as Senate president. So he has parliamentary duties. And, of course, yeah. he votes. He's a tie-breaking or he's tie-breaking. Yeah, unless the there's tie. a tie-break in the Senate. But, yeah. But, you know, that rarely never happens. So you just have a situation now where people are are grasping for straws. I think they're looking for a hope. And my my contention, my concern is all of this being piled on to Vice President Pence creates a false hope so that when the things that happen are professed to happen don't happen then people will be like, oh, the system is failing. We can't count on anything. Nothing we do works. Well, hello, this is not how the system is set up. The vice president is not supposed to have a controlling factor in the counting of the electoral college. Yeah, so that same law uh, sets that date. Then it it describes how the process will go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in that sense, you know, it, it establishes when it will end uh, because it it goes through uh, the the procedure. So January fourth at one p.m. they'll they'll count these votes, right. and then the Senate president, which is the vice president, opens the floor for objections. Uh, that, well, you're you're and, getting and ahead. That. You're getting ahead. We're but moving. Then, we're, but then they so have we're what I'm saying. Somebody quickly. asked how long. When do the, is there an end? There's an end in the mm-hmm. sense that you it lays out the process. You get to the end of that process. That's yeah. the end. Well, we'll get there. So it's not multiple days and I days. I understand and the days questions are coming up there, but yeah. that w- we will cover your questions. Just give us a second. So, when you're talking about the electoral college vote count, mm-hmm. then there are two places in the Constitution that matter, and that is Article Two, Section One, Clause Two and Three, mm-hmm. and the Twelfth Amendment. Now, what's right. interesting is Article Two, Section One, Clause Three, and the Twelfth Amendment are exactly the same when it comes to this when when laying out this procedure. So, how the Twelfth Amendment changes the process of Article Two, Section One, is not in the role of the vice president. And by the way, s- describing the vice president's constitutional role is not the same thing as saying he has no role. No. He has a role and he, he does various things. Right. But nowhere in any of these documents including the federal law, Article right. 2, Section 12, nowhere 
is is will you find uh, any authorization for plenary power, mm-hmm. absolute power, or the power to decide which electoral votes yeah. count? That's uh, no, non-existent. No, no, no one is saying he has no role. Right. We're saying that people are proposing that he has a role that does not exist. Right. Okay. So, Article so Two, Section set, One, Sixth. Article Two, Section One, Clause Two and Three. Then. So here's how this works. How it works. Yes. So how it works. Uh, The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for two persons. Now, this is the part that changes in the 12th Amendment. It goes on and says how they'll be certified. And it says, and transmit the seal seal to the seat of the government of the United States directed to the president of the Senate, which is Mm -hmm. the vice president. So role number one of the vice president here, those who, who, who here in hyperboles, Role number one of the vice president is this, is he is the mailbox. He receives the certifications from the governors. Which is to say his office. His office, right? Role number two, continuing without missing a a period of space or whatever. The president of the Senate shall, in the presence of the House of Representatives, and uh, the Senate and the House of Representatives so, open so all a, certificates. So that's another point there. It's a joint session. It is a joint session. It is a House-Senate joint session in the presence of the Senate president, which is the vice president, right? Mm-hmm. And in that joint session, the vice president Pence's role will be to open the certificates. Mm-hmm. Now, Remember, now we're, we're, we're keeping going here. I'm just highlighting this so because there's a lot of words on there and I know it gets small for people on their screens. It says, comma, and the votes shall then be counted. Please note that it does not say, and the vice president or the Senate president shall then count the votes. It doesn't stipulate anybody. It does not stipulate anyone particular to count the votes. And mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, historically speaking, there are people that are called vote counters. Yes. So that's so since that's not stipulated, then that's where the federal law came in Mm -hmm. to establish who will do that. And it's been um, I always forget the term that they use in the law, but they choose two tellers, tellers. That's the Mm -hmm. word they choose. Tellers tellers from each house that because it's a joint session that the that the vice president. And, and it lays out in the, again in the so law. the House has a counter and the Senate has yeah. a counter and then they count and compare the count. Yeah. So the vice president, so according to that federal law, basically opens the certificates, mm-hmm. hands it to the tellers. Right. They count, they tally, and then they report right. to. Thank you, Richard. Two from the Senate, two from the House. Correct. They report right. to the vice president. All right. And they report those numbers. So then you have this misinformation out that the president, that the vice president counts the vote, which is not true, uh, or that the vice president has the authority to discount, to eliminate counts, to to not count votes, that it's the autonomous authority of the vice president to either accept or reject elector votes. That is simply not the authority of the president or the vi- uh, uh, the vice president or the Senate president at that constitutionally. And it neither is it is in law. Right. The only way the only way you can imagine that happening and this would be very specific of how it came in 
uh, is in his. So the power that he has as as the presiding officer mm -hmm. of the Senate is the is the parliamentary power to to reject or accept uh, ob ob objects to receive or accept objections. objections because of the parliamentary rule. So the only he has hold on. He has no authority constitutionally, legally or otherwise to say any, many, miny, mo, this vote is counted and this vote is not. His authority right. is not to accept or to reject the actual elector votes. Right. He has no legal authority on the slate of votes. He has no legal authority on the certificate of votes. He can't even say, oh, this certificate doesn't look right. We're not going to take yeah. that. That is solely the authority of the House and the Senate in joint session. Yeah, his role is not entirely ceremonial because of his parliamentary powers as presiding officer of the Senate. Mm -hmm. So if... So here's a scenario, and this is where I think this is where I think the confusion is being inserted. So you say he can't he can't reject electoral votes, separate electoral votes. Okay, the only way is if somehow the presentation of if somehow uh, a state sent competing slates, which no state has done actually, uh, certified competing slates. And then some objection said we should do this one and not that one. And so if if the both houses were, you know, we're going to accept one or the other. And Pence would say we're not accepting that objection. That would be the only scenario that you could even come close to imagining, um, you know, and saying he, he can or can accept. I I am I've been searching for this uh, and I am still. I cannot find any evidence that any state certified dueling slates of electors. Now, so no we know mm -hmm. that some Republican electors showed up and cast competing ballots. But as you see in the in Article two, it's about the, the ballots that are counted are the ones that are in the envelopes in that the are certified sealed that are sealed by uh sealed by the state. So it's not a question of do you accept competing Republican slates? There are no competing Republican slates that will be present in the joint session of Congress to be accepted or rejected. Those votes that happened by the Republican electors, alternative alternative slates, never became part of the actual process. So that would have to be that would be a state level issue to be settled in suits and somehow overturn what the secretary of states have certified. Mm -hmm. So that is completely outside of this January 6th process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, in, unless I'm mistaken and there's some dueling elector slate somewhere all i've seen is some evidence of the republican electors voting but none of those slates were certified that i'm aware of yeah so um we only have we have four periods of history where electors have been discounted okay now uh I want to show you the dates. And Nixon was tied to the objections, not to the president. Well, that's not to the VP's okay. So power. that's what we're getting yeah. to. Don't... So I see this stuff, guys. Right. This is what we're getting to. We're getting to this. So look, four times 
electors voted votes have been rejected in the United States. I want you, I, I, it's really important to me that we do this in a linear and organized way. Okay. 1865, the, the joint session, the house and the Senate voted and only allowed two of Nevada's electors votes to be counted. Mm -hmm. Then that happened again. The vote was they were either uh, discounted or did not even submit their votes in 1809, 1813 and 1817. Mm -hmm. Those are the only times in American history where electoral votes were rejected. Certified electoral Certified votes. electoral votes were rejected. Mm -hmm. It did not happen when Nixon was vice president. Mm -hmm. Vice President Nixon never rejected an electoral certified vote. Right. So this is a conflating of scenarios, yes. a conflating of terms that people are getting confused. So when you throw out a generality that simply says, oh, well, this happened when Nixon was president or when v Nixon was vice president. Then what happens is, is that you are missing the you are you are applying something that simply does not apply. It's like apples and oranges. OK, mm. it, you, you can't compare the two. Right. And, and it's it's disheartening to me to see this confusion because it really JC, it's not that confusing of a process of all. Come on. Of all the things the government does. Of all the processes that they have, this is probably the least confusing of them all. Because number one, the structure is so specifically outlined in the Constitution mm -hmm. that the law, by the way, JC, I don't know how many of our people realize this, but the Constitution already also establishes in Article 2 the authority for Congress to create the laws to make all this happen mm -hmm. as it's assigned, right? So four times, guys. Four times and were those, electoral and, votes rejected. And were those four times the vice president unilater unilaterally never electoral votes? Ever, 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 never, ever, ever has, an, has a vice president ever rejected an electoral, a certified electoral vote. Never. He has the authority to run parliamentary. He has to take the debates. And I would suggest to you, JC, there is a lot of talk about there about parliamentary rules that he has the authority to not take the rejection as a as in parliamentary rules. He really doesn't have the authority to reject an objection. He has to. He he is the recorder of what happens. Yeah, but he has to yeah, by parliamentary law take the objection and bring it to the floor for vote. But that is that is the one thing that's uh, probably been allowed to happen. So when the as the presiding officer, that has happened. So in as much as anything was rejected, it has to do with the objections. Right. And failing to follow the rules of parliamentary, the right. parliamentary rules, because parliamentary rules, the chairman of the board does not get to arbitrarily decide which objections are heard or not. That is a violation of parliamentary law. The uh, the chairman's authority is to say, 
you objection is to keep order in the room mm -hmm. to receive the objections, bring the objections for vote, and then and then run make sure that the vote is handled in proper parliamentary orderly procedure. Right. And here's the and thing again, that I want is, people to get. This is not I'd like to say this is not um because the response, oh, then we can't do anything about voter fraud. That that's another thing. Oh like, my goodness. Like this no. is if you if the if the president if Vice President Pence doesn't have kingly power, then oh, there's nothing you can do about voter fraud. That's okay. that's crazy. All right. Talk. So well then that it just ignores exactly what we've been talking about for the last five minutes. That ignores the five times in history where we actually responded to voter fraud, right? In there, in this thing that we have going on here, several of these were because of recognized voter fraud. Yeah. So to say that there is nothing except the vice president of the United States becomes king, no, Jefferson did not exclude any electoral college votes. This is misinformation, by the way. That Jefferson story actually is it gives a date that was after Jefferson was president. Somehow in 1827, Jefferson discounted electoral college votes. He wasn't even president in 1827. Now, would so, you, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but is, is there, I would say maybe there's an argument to be made about the whole notion of these objections. Of what, clearly the Constitution doesn't, suggest an objection to electoral votes so uh, undeniably mm -hmm. this is part of the eca the the the, the three usc yeah because 15, remember right? so how does that fit in it fits in because congress through the constitution is given the authority to make sure that to create the parliamentary procedure by the way to to uh, facilitate this right the counting of the votes as long as you as long as it's not contradicting the constitution as or somehow contradicting not, a constitutional yes. principle as long would, as it's would, not would you, adding power to the vice president it's not adding power to the congress it's dispute resolution which so, is primarily the purpose of parliamentary rules so would you say this objection procedure because by the way that i mean that would it's clearly the answer somebody thought was the answer in federal law in 1880, uh, 1887 mm -hmm. uh, in, in doing this, it seems to me this is uh, a, a manifestation of, of, of representation, right? So it's sort of a, it seems to be a check in the sense of, hey, if we see somebody, if we, the representatives of all the states, since we're in this, you know, contractual thing together, if we see some state representatives or some states trying to foist phony mm -hmm. electoral votes, should should our representatives not have the opportunity to de to debate that and deal with that? Mm -hmm. Right. So it seems to me the objection process represents uh, the, 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 the the principle of rep voter representation. Mm -hmm. right? right. Right. So, I, I mean, it, that doesn't seem that's not in the Constitution of saying, no, then they can object. But no, but it's about parliamentary procedures. Yeah, it seems right? to be a, a guard along right. the lines of. Uh, the idea of representation, equal representation. Right, exactly. So this is this is put in there 
in, which is to well, stop this is a really good fraud. right this is a really good point jc because it is about representation okay right. it's about um equal representation why it's a vote with a joint house and senate okay and that's why it's vote can you imagine a reality which would never come from our founders a reality where the vice president of the United States can actually create a, a, a reality of his own election. Right. Because that's what, what these scenarios play out, right? These scenarios play out this, this idea that Pence can do something in the system that then ensures that he will be remain vice president of the United States. Mm. Never would our founders have established a system like that. Never would they have endorsed a system like that. Yeah. Never, never, never. On, the, on, on the other hand, you could make the argument that the objection process inserts the federal legislators into something that's supposed to be strictly a state matter. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's no, no, no. I don't think you know. No, I don't think so because because the Constitution already establishes that the federal government is the vote counter, not is the, the state. Is the vote counter? Yes. But, but then that puts them in the place of. I mean, I'm just trying mm -hmm. to be devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. That potentially puts the federal legislators in the place of judging right the state's decisions. Right. Right. Which, which, right. So it seems like you could make an argument either way. So as many commentators have said that law is a bit murky in uh -huh. so, in some instances. And right. So I just think the it's sort of a manifestation of the corruption of, of just how far we've left state sovereignty mm -hmm. behind, how far we've left constitutional grounding mm -hmm. behind that the further you move away from that, and then you have to come later and fill in the gaps with federal law. You're, you're already starting to muddy the waters. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? So I think that's why at the end of the day, when you talk about all this fails, then it falls back on the mm -hmm. states and the state legislators right. uh, to step up and regain right. you know, their authority. So I don't, I don't want to get ahead of it, but I don't perceive, I don't perceive um, January 6th being the salvation for the Trump presidency. Right. Cause right. I, I don't have trust in those federal legislators. And, uh, as you know, you're going through the process. The the next thing, as far as mm -hmm. uh, once the objections are received, the Senate and the House then go to debate those objections separately, have two hours to make their decision. Right. And then when they come back, that's the decision. And the and the Senate and mm -hmm. the, the Vice President, Senate President, uh, doesn't override their decision. So, since the Democrats control the House, and both the Senate and the House have to agree to the objection, then I can't see any objection succeeding. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be left in the same place we are on January 6th unless the states – see, this is this has to be settled at the state level, it seems right. to me. It's not going to be settled at the federal level. Well, but here's the thing, JC, because the the issue then becomes it is it is settled by the people and the state because the state is represented by the Senate and the people are represented by the House of Representatives. And this is where the other misinformation is coming in. Yeah. The other misinformation that is coming in. I mean, settled in the sense of doing the right thing. Yeah. So <laughs> the other misinformation is. Yeah, that's a very good point. 
put a pin in that. Let's let's get that because there's more to this. This show is going to be more than an hour today. So I just hope you realize that. Or this two is parter. This is a big, big show. So we're going to do this. You guys can watch it in segments. You can watch some tomorrow. You can watch some later. You can pause and go back. I don't care. But we are going to get this out today because every day we hold on, then we push something off somewhere else. So we're going to do this today. But the other misinformation that is going on around there is this, this idea that when the objections are brought, because we now know by fact that there will be objections brought, that when the objections will be brought, that the vote will then be one, uh, by, one by House yeah. vote by delegation. Okay. Yeah. That is not true. Yeah, that one scenario. vote by delegation is only uh, is a scenario that only occurs when there is a tie in the electoral vote. So this particular vote on objections will be a majority of the House and a majority of the Senate yeah, so, as a joint right. session. That's so a, it is a full on majority vote. Yeah. So the only the vote by delegation, that's a, that's in the 12th Amendment and has to do with none of the candidates receiving well, a majority. It's, it's right? in Article two as well, but it's yeah. only when one candidate does right. not receive right. a majority. Yeah. Right. Which means there's a tie. Yeah. Because remember, all of this has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, we the, the reason we had the 12th Amendment is because there was a tie. Right. A tie between Jefferson and John Adams. And because back before the 12th Amendment, there was only one vote ballot cast. And right. then the guy who got first place got to be the president and the guy who got to be who was second place got to be a vice president. Yeah. So there was no scenario about what if there's a tie? Right. You have two presidents. then. Because so. if that was if that was the case in in the objection phase. Mm -hmm. Right. Then Trump would be a shoe in because mm -hmm. the Republicans control the delegations mm -hmm. they controlled more the more number of states they have a majority of representatives per state mm -hmm. right and so what each delegation gets one vote then trump would be would be in but that delegation voting the the 12th amendment article 2 says that applies in the case of a tie that applies we in don't, a we're not tie. dealing with a tie we're not so dealing people with a tie. people are missing that or wishful thinking or whatever, but that's that's not going to happen. And here's the problem, JC. Once again, when we when we speak with a lack of understanding, then all of a sudden, when it doesn't happen that way, people are like, "Oh no, the system's broken, and they're not following the Constitution, and and all of this." Then here's the problem: you people start blaming the Constitution, they are blaming the system, when in reality, it's not the system that's broken; it's our understanding and our application. And so let me just sort of wrap all this up bef before we, we, we move on. The vice president is the Senate president. On January 6th, by law, the, the vice president's role is to open the sealed documents and give them to the people that count them. It is then that the counters count the votes. That's an electoral tie. Electoral tie. Electoral tie, not a popular vote tie. And not a not not a tie in and the not a tie in the Senate vote for the House. objections. Right. No. Right. Not an objection. If tie. we had an electoral tie, which we don't, it's like 
I don't even know what it is at this point. What they say it is 316 to something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, we're now we're. Yeah. We need to not so, be. To, right. Okay. So because there's still people that are confused. So January 6th is the date of the count. The vice president's role is to break the seals and hand the the certificates to the counters. The vice president does not have the constitutional authority to reject or accept votes. That comes from the House and the Senate by the uh, our, um, 3 USC Section 15. Okay, so Title 3, Section 15 USC. Now, if there is a parliamentary rules, if there's an objection, then there has to be a vote. Parliamentary rules then applies how much time is allowed to each vote. That is not a constitutional thing. That is a parliamentary rule thing. So we're not even going to get objections? into it. In the objections. That's in the ECA. Yes. They have two hours to debate yeah. each objection. That's each objection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two hours. Yeah. Donna, you're not the only one. So don't, don't worry about this. So we just need to be clear that the language of the Constitution in and Article 2, and the 12th Amendment is very clear about the role of the president, uh, the vice president and the president of the Senate. Which okay? are the same person. Which are the same person. He does not count. He simply opens all the certificates because it was his office that received the sealed votes. Yeah. So that's what we need. So it's not up to the VP. It is not if, if you're up looking, If you're to looking the VP. for the VP... With all these alleged powers to save the day, that's not going to happen because he, in fact, doesn't have that authority. No, the VP's role is not to decide which votes to count according to the Constitution. Lamar, you are not getting this, my friend. It is right here. I am showing you the Constitution. It is the purpose of the vice president to receive the sealed votes and then to open the votes. He is not even authorized to count them. That's not his job. His job is He to, could. I mean he could. He could. They could have that could have been the law. The point is mm -hmm. that's not stated in the constitution. It yeah. doesn't it it in fact doesn't say who shall count them. Period. It just says they shall be counted. Lamar Adams and Jefferson never said the vice president constitutionally has the authority to discount votes. You will never find that quote anywhere. You will never find that in writing anywhere. I'm sure you find it, you, well, no, <laughs> but not yeah, from them. From Not from them. So you need to put away your pundits articles because they're not following the original history here. They're not following the Constitution. So the Constitution is very clear. Now, that is not press that we're not talking about precedent. We're right. talking about, about constitution, constitution, right? So don't tell me it's constitutional. It's not constitutional, right? It's simply just not constitutional. So the problem with this information, once again, just to sum all this up, the problem with this information is when it does not work because it's not designed to work that way then people feel defeated and discouraged and powerless because they think a system existed that didn't exist, that didn't work, and it was never supposed to work that way. So is there any constitutional way the truth will win in considering the corruption and fraud in this election? Well, there are many constitutional ways. Um, first off, I just want to put in a little bit, you know, uh, uh, Mary, we are now getting into the fraud part of the show. Are you ready? 
We're about to get into the fraud part of the show. When Texas sued and the Supreme Court refused the case, Texas lawsuit was a constitutional remedy. The Supreme Court failed in their constitutional duty. So once again, that is not the fault of the Constitution. That is not the fault of the process of the Constitution. That is the fault of a Supreme Court who abdicated, denied their own responsibility to hide their political butts. That's basically it. John Roberts and the liberals specifically. Yeah, John Roberts and the liberals specifically. Right. So that's a remedy. Uh, the co- the constitutional remedy is also the objections in the House and the Senate, because remember, like I said, there are you are then represented in your House of Representatives. Yeah. You are represented in your Senate. If you feel like you're not represented in your House of Representatives or you're not represented in your Senate, then then that's a problem with how you are electing them. That is not a problem with the Constitution or I, the system. I would I would also I would also uh, say that the biggest issue is not the alleged fraud the 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 most constitutional uh, objection are the states that violated state law and right. violated the constitution yes by absolutely. illegally illegally altering right uh, the election process that's the biggest problem. and to answer the questions i'm seeing in the chat room is that um no the president of the united states cannot un de-seat a, a Supreme <laughs> Court justice that has to happen through impeachment. Yeah, impeachment Congress. happens in the in the House. Yeah. And then the center, the trial in the center happens in the Senate. So that's right. not the president's role. So remember, we're talking about separation of powers. And here's one of the problems that I really have today in in the mentality of today is this idea that, well, the Democrats don't follow the Constitution. Well, uh, you know, if your neighbor okay. breaks the law, that doesn't give you the authority to break the law either. My neighbor's so, a serial killer. I'm yeah. going to go kill people too. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> our friend Doug Billings is in the chat room, JC. Awesome. Doug and I did. He. Uh, thanks for reminding me, Doug. Doug knows that I, I get focused and I lose my track. But I wanted Doug's to. the same way. Because Doug's. <laughs> you guys could talk for days on end. Doug is There's awesome. No break. It's all. He's awesome. Because we know so much. Right. We have our brains are so full. We just want to pop. That's very true. So you need to go to Doug Billings on YouTube. And Doug and I did an, an interview earlier today that that is broadcasting uh, either is already broadcast or will broadcast soon. So uh, Doug Billings, look, the, the he sent us a message. So the spelling yeah. is right there. So go find him Amazing. on YouTube because we did this. We did a very short version of this in like 15 minutes. So it's really, really, uh, really awesome. But that's how that works. So can can I bring up also the Pennsylvania, um, the Pennsylvania suit mm-hmm. is yet to be heard. Is yet to be heard. It is scheduled for the eight, January eighth. Now, uh, can I give my theory on that? Sure. Because you talked about the Texas suit, which was constitutional. The Texas suit, the 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 basis of the Texas suit is literally written in the Constitution, the state right. versus state um, lawsuit. So whatever. So the idiots saying oh, there's no standing for a state to sue a state. That's insane. Who said that? The just Supreme Court. That, well, the, the okay, other, yeah. No. Besides Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch. Well, all because the rest that's of the actually listed in Article Three. Yeah. So I mean, original jurisdiction is listed in the Supreme in in the Constitution of the United States. I should just. So here's my theory on that. Uh, 
they they saved the Pennsylvania case to be heard and and basically poo-pooed the rest in the same sort of um, technique that Congress uses to mm -hmm. appear to be doing something, but because it's because it will be inconsequential, mm -hmm. it's okay for them to do it because they know it won't change anything. Because if you if you throw out Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. Trump still doesn't win. Right. So they can look like, you know, we stood for the Constitution while at the same time not altering the outcome of the election, which was apparently. Uh, can I just give everybody a bonus for their educational dollar here today, JC? Let me just just pop in here really quick, quick because I want to prove my point that number one, the Texas Supreme Court case was the was a constitutional remedy. Uh, so here we have Article Three, which is the delegated authority to the pre to the to the judiciary. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity and arising under this constitution. There's like a whole 30 minute lesson there. We're just talking about federal that. judiciary. Obviously. Federal judiciary. Yes. Uh, the constitution doesn't start talk about state judiciary. So. Right. All right. And look at this to controversies to which the United States shall be a party. Mm -hmm. If you're suing the federal, federal government. government to controversies. Look at this between two or more states. So that's that's what we call original jurisdiction. Right. There is no other course no that it needs to go to to standing. There is no dispute to standing. You have. Standing. It is right there. <laughs> right there. So the idiots on the Supreme Court said Duh, Texas has no standing when literally that's part of the okay. Constitution. Here's that another, Texas. Has here's standing. another constitutional remedy between a state and citizens of another state. Texas can sue. The election officials in the state of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. right? So you have a state and citizens of another state. Mm -hmm. So you can sue them individually. You know, you have this stuff going on in Georgia. Sue the secretary of state as an individual for what's happening. Yeah. Sue the secretary, the, what do they call them? The secretary of elections or whatever that's called. But there you have it right there. Original jurisdiction in the constitution. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Gomert suit was the Gomert suit is no, the Gomert. No, Gomert shouldn't have filed that suit. That suit was embarrassing. I'm sorry. I don't I, I love Mr. Gomert. I don't know what his lawyers were thinking, but that was embarrassing. And we talked about that in another show. So that's that's how that works. OK, um, OK, I'm not going to get into this misapplication of the history of Jefferson and Adams and all of that worked because that's just whatever. I do want to mention to you, we have a sponsor for today's show. And I want to talk to you for just a few seconds about that sponsor. The sponsor for today's show, he's going to be a sponsor for us for a little while, is Green Chef. Now, I don't I don't allow sponsors that I have not vetted myself. Green Chef, JC, has been eating Green Chef now for three months. <laughs> right. Yep. H how do you like it, JC? Oh, it's great. It's, it's awesome. Great. Yeah, it was a lot of the, uh, a couple of the meals the last couple of weeks, man, were like off the chart. Yeah. So this is amazing. So, yeah. So what you get are amazing food from the guy who's eating it yeah. and the lady who's cooking it. Okay. It's so simple. I mean, I have never, I love to cook, but this makes cooking even more fun because you don't have to eat the same thing. What I hate about cooking is planning yeah, and making the decisions, and making the, the decisions and the choices. All of this is made for you. They have a huge menu selection. Everything is healthy. Everything is 
is uh, um, non-GMO. Everything is no back, no antibiotics, all of that stuff right there. It's all and it is absolutely fantastic. And here's the deal for you. The first five people to contact us at this spot right now. Are you ready? Uh, the first five people to go to chrisannhall.com and fill out this contact form, put in the message section right here. Uh, green chef. That's all you got to write in the message section right there. Green chef. The first five people who contact us there will get a free meal from nice. green chef. Awesome. A free meal. Go to green chef. Look at the menu. See uh, the menus are so many go there. Look at it. The food is amazing from the lady who cooks it and the guy who eats it. You can't beat that. And the first five people that sent us an email through Chris Hall contact form, putting the word uh, Green Chef in the message section, free will food. get that's a awesome. free meal. Absolutely free. free. So that's that's free food, right? So that's where cool. are we? So here we are. We are right here, JC. Section two of today's show. Section two of today's show is... Donald Trump has had a heated phone call with the Secretary of State of the state of Georgia yeah. about election fraud. Yeah, it was crazy. And he, the, the attorney's basically asking for their Trump attorney teams to sit with their attorneys and present their, look at both sides' evidence and, you know, know once and for all is this valid or invalid i mean right. they they weren't i mean it's like they weren't trying to tell the secretary of state what to do just saying hey let's get together let's have our attorneys meet mm -hmm. and let's look at the evidence and right. i, I listen i li listen to the trump attorney say look if, if you prove to us that it's not valid fine right but just let us see the information, show us the information. We'll show you what we got and we'll compare. We think we can prove to you what we're saying. Here's the thing, JC. And they keep saying, no, no, you, we're not going to do it. I'm, I'm showing people where they can go for the truth. This is the entire transcript. Yeah. Be careful because I, when JC told me about this, I started looking at the stories about this. Yep. They are cherry picking from the transcript Absolutely. to make, oh, make Trump look like a bully and to make, um, there's oh, no question he's angry. Name? Mark Meadows yeah. look like a bully. There's no question this he's is angry. Not, uh, yeah, well, and righteously and so. Rightly so. Right, and, and rightly so because we're going to look at some of, of, of the Georgia Senate hearing, yeah. right? This is part of the constitutional remedy, by the way. You must now take care of this and deal with this at the state level. Right. You have got to make sure this does not happen again in two, two years at the midterm. That should be one of the most important things on every person's uh, agenda at this point is be up in your state capital and make sure this does not happen again in two years. You know, and this is what this is what so and what the president was saying to the secretary of state. He kept saying this is very dangerous. What you're doing is very dangerous mm -hmm. because. Here you have the president's team and, and also what the media is doing with it is very dangerous, as you as you alluded to. You have the Trump's you have Meadows and mm -hmm. Trump's team saying, look, let's just let's both sit down 
let's have a meeting. Let's let's make a time and let's sit down and look over the actual evidence. Prove right. to us mm-hmm. what you're saying is not so. Let us right. let us attempt to prove to you what we're saying is so. Uh, and whatever where whatever the evidence proves, that's mm-hmm. it. Fine. The guy said several times, you know, you prove us wrong. Fine. No problem. Just let just let us have the information so that you can show us the, the actual evidence. Right. And essentially, the secretary of state has refused. So more more than a matter of fraud versus no fraud. The real problem here, and I'll say this again, the real problem is the rule of law. It's following the rule of law or not. It's not it's not per se a matter of fraud or no fraud, because here's the thing. When the people who believe there's fraud, okay, if you can confidently look at how the process has been carried out and say, okay, they showed the evidence, Mm -hmm. his team went in, you know, at the end of the day, they they couldn't absolutely prove it one way or the other, whatever, then it's done deal. But if but if what people have to look at is when the president and his team genuinely said, let's just see the evidence. And the secretary of state said, no, you can't have access to the information. See, that's then the, the people don't trust the process. Mm-hmm. They think it's corruption. They think the rule of law is out the door. And you and these people like the secretary of state are in, of Georgia are inciting violence because yes. you're demonstrating to the people that you won't even follow the process to even yeah. get to the truth, much less prove whether there's fraud or not. So here, JC so I and think I, there's too much there's too much focus on the fraud and not enough focus on the rule of law not being followed. That's what's going to spark problems. Well, this is what we're going to look at. OK, this is that is actually the angle that we're looking at, because this is this is the big elephant in the room that the people are missing. Yeah. Everybody's focused on these Dominion machines and what happens and whatever. But the real real fraud against the people is the what the secretary of state of Georgia is refusing to allow the people access to the evidence. Okay. Now let me answer this question from Nate. Okay. Let me answer this question from Nate really quick, because this is a very genuine, honest question. And I, and I feel his frustration. He says the majority of the people in the house Senate and the judiciary corrupt. How does the minority of truth win constitutionally now in, in understanding that you have to define terms, right? Here's, what is not working when you talk about minority and majority in the house and the Senate, you're not talking about minority and majority of groups in the United States. Our constitutional Republic is created so that it is not a democracy where majority rules. Our constitutional Republic is created so that minority groups have the same, have the same authority to create laws because of representation. Mm-hmm. The reason we don't speak in those terms of minority groups actually having representation is that we have abandoned representation in the United States. The American people are no longer represented in government. Political right. parties are represented in government. Yeah. So when you talk about terms of majority and minority, then it will uh, then what you have, is you're speaking of the minority in power, the majority in power in political parties. That's why it's not working the way it's supposed to work. We, the people, have to return our representative bodies into representations of the people and not political parties. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to change overnight, but it can change. 
It yeah. absolutely can change. So I have a string of videos. This is why this is a two-parter today. I have a string of videos that I'm going to play for you. Uh, several of them are, are a couple minutes long, but I and I am absolutely convinced that you will find this compelling because this is about accessing the evidence, JC. It yeah. is not about the machines. Mm -hmm. So the first person that we are going to hear from uh, is is actually the um, uh, let me, I'm just going to do it this way because that way I know I'm getting the one that I want. The first person that you're going to hear from today is not this woman. This is actually a video of the, uh, the secretary of elections in, uh, Kaufman County, Georgia. Okay. okay. So got my sound up. Here we go. So the voice you're hearing right now is the Secretary of Elections of Kaufman County. And she's explaining. Now, this is really, really important because what we're talking about now when we're talking about the evidence is how do we adjudicate a ballot that is in question? That terminology adjudicate means that something in the system tells us that there's something wrong with the ballot. We have to go in and determine what is the proper vote and what is the intent of the voter? So some... you're adjudicating the intent of the voter. We, yeah, we. Let's try this again. Okay. I don't think the sound It didn't came. come? Okay. There it is. We got it now. Now right. try it. All right, here we go. So this is the Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of Elections for Kaufman County, Georgia. Talking about adjudicating 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 a vote. Well, she's talking about how the system is set up to allow to allow for the adjudication. So when somebody when a computer kicks out the ballot and says this is not true, then the adjudicator comes in and says, "Okay, I have the authority now to change what's in the computer because the computer is recording something contrary to the intent of the voter." And according to the barcode guy, which you're going to get yeah, to. Yeah, we're going to get to him too. That yeah. adjudication rate was way okay. over the top. That's just not even yeah. reasonable. But but that's a whole different. Now, now watch this. This is now you'll kind of have to turn your head because the screen is sideways, okay. but but you'll see. Watch this is crazy. Right here. This is one that I did right before y'all got here. So we're going to go and say we're going to complete this one just like it is. But if you look, here is a a vote that is double voted. It's overvoted. I don't know if when I hit complete, is it going to accept a vote for both part? I mean, both candidates, or is it since there's a red box around it, is it going to reject it altogether? I don't know. So I'm going to say it's complete. I could also say hide the box. The box went away. There's a check mark. Did it accept the check mark? I don't know, but I'm going to huh. say nothing needs to be changed. Okay. Does it tell you what it does after you? No, sir. Hit complete? No, sir. And this is a supervisor of say, election. This is a supervisor of election at Kaufman County. No, wait, just explaining how the system I works. I want to go. And she doesn't know. And she does not know. Um, Watch I think though. I want to vote for Jason Shaw. She's they actually vote voting that ballot while ago. on someone else's ballot. There wasn't nothing there. Let me, yeah, I think we need to vote for him. And I'm gonna complete it. Confirm ballot save, move to next ballot. Okay. 
So it pulls up the next ballot that needs to be adjudicated. So you made a vote for someone where someone did not vote. I did, didn't I? And you're the election supervisor? I'm the election supervisor. I am the person that sits and does the adjudication. Yes, sir. Ooh. Wow. My goodness. Let's see. Yep, sure can. I think I want to vote for Biden. Let's let Biden win this one. So what you put supersedes whatever. Uh-huh. So you, but I decided this, this Al, he don't deserve no votes. Let's not let nobody vote for that. And complete. Okay. She just threw well, out an entire ballot. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Just like that. I don't think any votes need to vote on this ballot. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I she's not literally really changing actual ballot. votes. She's oh, no. showing how the this system, is, yeah, this how is, one could do complete. that. Right, right, Just right, right. that All right, easy. Board, I want y'all to step outside with me. Okay, so that it was was the Secretary of Elections of Kaufman County, Georgia, explaining to the uh, state, legislators. state legislators how easy it is to change the votes. The next person we're going to hear from is the a uh, barcode guy. Now, what's interesting is his testimony, you're going to see a lot of his testimony in just in choppy bits, but his testimony is so compelling, JC, that immediately the the media started attacking him in his character, right? Mm-hmm. He's a failed yeah, well, let me show you this. This is this is this is absolutely hilarious. So, he is a uh, a failed treasure hunter and hacker and elect and so he cannot be a security expert right so they're talking uh, they just this is a total hack of this guy's character now watch this cuz this guy is actually bizarre i don't even know how one man can do all the things that he's done but you know me, I like I like there's a there's a, a website called IMBD where you find all the stuff about movie people. Mm-hmm. Well, his name came up under IMBD. Okay. And I was like, what? Who is this guy? So here is his name is Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. Okay. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer is an actor, author, writer, executive producer, producer, and director. Pulitzer's first media appearance was in 1980s Jackie Chan debut movie, movie Big Brawl or Battle Creek. Um, he he's done all kinds of stuff. He was a talk show uh, on. Uh, let's see. Where was it? Oh, he he's been on a talk show uh, on Fox. He's been on an ABC station anchor. Oh, my goodness. The Curse of Oak Island. So that is what they're referring to yes. as failed treasure hunting. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Come on, people. Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. He call him a, a failed because he was an ABC <laughs> station <laughs> anchor. Right. Break. So, right. This is what he, he uh, still ho- he hosts a radio show. And then it says Pulitzer is also well known is also the well-known internet age patent author who invented and created both the scan commerce and the scan to connect technologies known as Q codes. Wow. See, so they've attacked his character. So the mainstream depends on people not researching anything, right? Just, just swallowing what they say. Right. So, so they castigate this guy as being some kind of fraud failure, whatever. But he is brilliant. 
brilliant. I, wa I watched the brilliant. mystery of Oak Island, right? And this whole thing, and was not just the finding the treasure, but I mean, the whole story of it and, and going mm -hmm. through that, right? So he didn't, he didn't fail treasure hunter. I mean, he proved that no treasure was there despite all the stories oh, and legends because he and... didn't find treasure but proved that it that the legends were wrong he's a failed treasure hunter. oh my gosh yeah Unbelievable. so there you go there you go so do your research guys do your research okay i love that reality show all right here I, we go I because the... that was his job in the reality show by the way was to bunk or debunk right, right. to to yeah. show that it's true or not true and in this yeah. case it wasn't true yeah right so that's him now you know who he is right <sighs> Okay, so here we go. This is this is brilliant. Uh, Jovan, J-O-V-A-N, Hutton Pulitzer. I am an inventor and pattern recognition expert. I'm also part of the Gold Institute of International Strategy out of Washington, D.C. So to understand what I'm going to talk about today, even though I'm a technology guy, my goal is to make it really simple, really obvious. I'm not going to be talking about codes on machines, how things are swapped, server overseas. I'm just going to show you the simple basis of what possibly went on, but most importantly, how this is fixed, how it's detected, fixed, and will never happen again. And that basically is based on my technology background for over the last 30 years. Just so you have a little basis in it. The fact that your phone now can scan a barcode in any grocery store or any kind of code, or in fact, you hear Q codes here today, any type of machine readable code as it talks to the internet, that's my technology. It's a basis of my patent portfolio of about 200 patents on that particular one. My patents are so prolific in licensing that every manufacturer in the world basically licenses my patents to use on any mobile device except one Huawei out of China. They don't license it. They just use it. And I'm on <laughs> approximately about 12 billion devices globally. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today, keeping it simple. What could have happened here? How can it be detected and confirmed? And then how can this whole be plugged from now on? Because this is about vote verification. It's three P's that I'm going to deal with today. First, the people. Second, paper, and three, protection. That's all this is about. All right, JC, here's the crazy thing. This guy is, in the eyes of the media, not an expert. But the hacks they put on their show all the time that don't even, couldn't find, couldn't find the Constitution if it was shoved up their butt are the experts, right? So this guy, that's why I gave you that. I don't usually do the whole cult of the expert thing, but they tried to, to do this. Now, remember, this is not about the machines. And this is why this guy is so compelling. It's about the fact that the Secretary of State and the Election Commission of Georgia will not let the people have the physical evidence. Right. And why? He's going to prove why having this physical evidence is so, so important. So this is this is absolutely you have to see this. This is why, by the way, this is why Donald Trump and Mark Meadows are so angry, right. because this stuff is just so clear. I'm going to show you how my process of our team, what we're going to do. And if we can enlarge that, they'd be great, is we can detect what I'm calling the counterfeit. There is nothing new that I'm going to be sharing with you today. This is how counterfeit bills are detected. This is how counterfeit Art is detected. This has already been adjudicated. It's not new science. It's just never been applied to these very important things in our process. 
It's about the people. The people want confidence that their vote matters, right. period. I personally do not care how this comes down, but I do care about the vote being counted and the vote mattering. Whatever our system can detect, and that's what we're here to do, is offer something that can remedy this immediately, the numbers will speak for themselves. The people need that confidence. We need to give the people of Georgia that confidence. But this is not about Georgia. The United States is watching. And this is also not about the United States. The entire world is watching this process. You know, people come. I Okay, so this is what he's talking about, right? It's about what you said before. It's about voter confidence, right? This is about how the system is supposed to work. Now, listen to this. This I'm just going to keep going with this guy. Yes, sir. Okay. Mr. Pulser, thank you for testifying. Thank you. If if you were able to take counterfeit, if you were able to get your hands on the State Farm Arena absentee, on the ballots that were run between 1030 and 130 in the morning. He's asking him about the paper ballots. Right. If you could get your hands on the paper ballots, listen to this. Would you be able to tell if they were folded and would you be able to tell if they were counterfeit? We would be able to tell if they were folded, if they were counterfeit, whether they were filled out by a human hand, whether they were printed by a machine, whether they were batch fed continually over and over. We can detect every bit of that. Without without question. Yeah. Without question. Well, he makes it very understandable, too. Yeah. I mean, you can see like he's explaining, as he said, is not some kind of, you know, nerdy tech speak. Right. Anybody with half a brain, you look at uh, these pictures that he's showing between something created by a machine and somebody's pencil mark, pen mark, whatever. Right. Now, listen, this is a little bit longer, but I'm, I'm telling you, this stuff is so infuriating. You have to watch it. Now, look at the bottom in the machine. If you're looking at it, you can see the difference between the two. Now, let me explain to you, because I am cutting through this. This is somebody who is filled in by a, the top two squares are people who have filled in with a pen. Right. And he explains that you can tell the difference because the pen mark is over the dots. Mm -hmm. And you will always have uh, places where the, the pen is not even and that sort of thing. So uh, you have here a, a hole, you have here a hole, here it's not even. And you can tell because the ink is not the same ink as the printer. That's part of the forensics. And it's over the dot matrix of the printer. Right. The bottom circle is perfect and it is of the same ink as the dot matrix so you right. know it was printed the bottom on the right is actually somebody who created a scribble to try to make it look like a hand scribble but it's not a hand scribble it is a computer created scribble which is also dot matrix which is detectable, detectable. so watch the handwritten one the ink is over the paper Look at the bottom one. That's a machine filling in an oval, and that's a machine filling in a scribble. But you can still see through it. You see all the little bitty dots? That's because the machine still prints the same exact way, just a little denser. It can always be detected. And unless the ballots all had original scribbles, that scribble can be detected. Every time that scribble shows up, we find it, we map it, and all of a sudden, if you have 50 of these scribbles, or even if you have two, Right. You technically have a problem. We'll go to the next. Uh Did you catch that? Whether you have 50 or you have two, you yeah. have a problem. Like finger uh, part of the slide. Next presentation, please. And so things I'm hearing about that concern me. And this is what concerned me when I looked into this. 
So I'm the guy that told the world that, hey, that little bitty barcode that means a product can talk to the internet. And so things started to be tracked that way. Everything you see sitting out here on the committee's table that has a barcode can now talk to the internet. That's what I'm responsible for, making the physical world talk to the internet world. What bothers me in this process is, is to continually hear there is no, when you get adjudication, there's no paper trail, or that's kind of wiped, or you can't tell what the predecessor was. That's disturbing. That's the first rule of forensic audit, uh, audits. And if it was an accountant in a corporation, you'd be fired. If you ran the financials for a public company and the numbers didn't match, and all of a sudden you couldn't adjudicate it and show the records, you'd go to prison. Now, this is as simple as. All right. Now, he is going to. I think I got that. 25, 23. Yeah. All right. So now he's going to talk about the difference between the ballots, a Democrat ballot and a Republican ballot. Mm -hmm. So here you're looking at a ballot in Fulton County. This particular county, not according to my data, but according to public data, says 67.7% of the people voted Democrat. I'm just pointing this out so you understand. I use traditional coding, the blue for the Democrat side, the red for the Republican side. Let's take a look at the next ballot, please. This is a ballot for Buckhead, Georgia. This particular one says that 69 60, is that 69.2% voted for the Republican Party, right? This one is what we call our, our, our ballot. Will you roll back to the first one? Look at the top right corner of that ballot in the block that says Fulton County. Now go to the next ballot. Look at the top right corner right there that says the barcode. Roswell, or, uh, Buckhead. Why is there not a tracking code in that ballot? That's the code that makes it cross-checked to the signature. Why is it absent? There are a lot of these inconsistencies in these ballots, and they run along party lines. Next slide, please. Why this paper is a piece of code. So we don't care about the scan lines. We don't care about the resolution. We don't care about any of that. We care about the piece of paper. And if you're looking at the bullseye, can we draw that up and try to keep them both in frame? Just the targets on the bottom. There you go. If we're looking at the bullseye, the very thing that says, hey, look here. Well, the left one's saying, look in my yard. And the right one's saying, look two houses over. But you know what? The ovals never moved because they were printed hard. So even as a mechanical engineer or photography or optics or camera, when you expect to take a picture and you hold it at somebody, you're not trying to photograph two people over. And this is what it tells the machine to do. This is a problem at the most lowest elementary level. And the number one way it's cloaked, well, we can't see it in the code. We don't know how it's done. Show me the code that does it. Well, that's the code. That's the code. Any printer industry executive, any monetary printing executive, any 
engineer in the world that deals with printing will tell you this simple fact. If your machine is not calibrated to hit the target, it becomes something else. So if we talk about machines and we talk about code, it is a smoke and mirrors not to deal with what's real and physical. Here's my contention. This is the historical artifact of a voter. And states are telling voters, you have no right to that. Right. The very voter that pays your salary, that paid for that ballot, that paid for that piece of paper and paid for the machine that you're running it in. Mm -hmm. And so those people that pay your salary that you work for and do this for, you're telling them you can't look at them. Right. That is both unacceptable and un-American. What I'm saying problem. is all of these problems you've heard today can be corrected and detected now by the simplest of things. It takes you days or weeks to recount votes. Give me these 500,000 ballots. We'll have them done in two hours. Did you hear that? It's about the paper ballots. And you get the vote. He said he can do it in two hours. Mm -hmm. Two hours because of the way that goes. Now, what's you got? This part is really cool. But now, I want the Secretary of State saying you can't you have access. You cannot have access to these. Yeah. Now, when we watched the whole thing in the beginning with the the Secretary of Elections of Kaufman County, she was explaining to us the author the power of those who who check the adjudicated right they're mm -hmm. kicked out because there's something wrong with them watch this because this is what you were talking about how many of them this is just mind-blowing anymore so let's look at this here's what i have a problem with is simplest state this is the republic this is the county's statement on ballots went out on national tv we had 113,130 votes at the time, and we had to adjudicate 106,000 of them. You know what that's really saying? Your machine didn't work. When the national average for the last elections, 2016, was what? 1.2%. That's an audited number. 1.2% of the total had to be adjudicated. And then you look at 2018, nationally, 2.7%. But yet your own election officials said we had to do this 93.6% of the time. That's crazy. Which is Let what me decode that for you. Mr. Mechanical Engineer, your machine doesn't work. So you know what that means? That means because of this, now as he's pointing out, this is data from the state of Georgia. This is Georgia data. What he's pointing out, remember what the Kaufman County Secretary of Elections, how that works. 106,000 out of 113,000 votes were handled like that Kaufman County Secretary of Electors right. was explaining. 106,000. Where she would input. Where she had the authority to input whatever vote she wanted yeah. because the machine said there's something wrong with this vote. Sandra Metz, I worked as a Okay, so here's the other thing that I wanted you guys to see. This is absolutely amazing. The Sandra Metz is is a professional poll worker. Mm. That's what she does. She gets hired to work and be a poll supervisor. Mm. Okay, she's there to make sure people vote who are eligible to vote. Now, we talked about this before we go on. 
I want to just simply say, we talked about now the importance of the paper ballot. Mm -hmm. He said, I can tell you in two hours why 106,000 ballots were kicked back. Two hours. All 106,000 of them. Would that not, if you were Donald Trump, would that not make you angry that the Secretary of State is not allowing people to, to, to do that kind of forensics? Right. When you're talking about a problem that was only 2.1% in the last two, two elections to a problem that is now a 91% problem, why wouldn't you... Uh, why would you not have, let me put it this way. How could you even possibly have the authority to conceal evidence like that? That is evidence. That is criminal evidence. And they are and the secretary of state is concealing criminal evidence. And that ought to put him in jail. He ought to be in jail. Now, when you talk about the ballot problem, now let's talk about the, fact that what we have here is somebody who's actually on site actually physically witnessing the voting problems so you're going to hear these stories you cannot believe this this is just amazing a worker in the last two elections in clark county athens georgia on november 3rd then we had a local runoff of the da race in december i worked there both times at two different polling stations in the first election, November 3rd, I was working at the polling station. A gentleman walked in the door and he said, he held up his Florida driver's license and said, I'm from Florida, can I vote? And the polling manager walked over to him and goes, of course, come with me. And she took him to the table. We had the provisional ballots to fill out. Fortunately, at that time, we were not busy and I was able to go over and have a conversation with her. And I was asking her, how can you let this gentleman vote? And she's ignoring me that time. And I came back up to her and I kept on saying, I said, how can you prove he's not ready to vote in Florida? How do you not know he's going to vote there and here? So after several times of questioning, she finally looked at him and said, you can't vote and made him leave. After he left, a little bit later on, I had a gentleman come in the door and he seemed to know several of the other poll workers because he's chatting it up with them. And he talked about he was a truck driver. And we just said how much we appreciate truck drivers now. Well, he gave me his driver's license and I scanned his, uh, the barcode on the back and I couldn't find him. So I, then I manually entered him. I couldn't find him. He was not registered to vote. So the manager took him outside and was calling downtown on the phone. 20 minutes later, she walks back in the door. She hands me his driver's license. I scan it in. He's suddenly registered to vote and is allowed to vote. Now she's got the woman that she's talking to on downtown on the speakerphone. The lady she she that she called to get this guy registered to vote the day of voting. Okay? While he was standing there. While he was standing there. <laughs> what, listen to this. This is crazy. They're still on the phone. And she's got her on speakerphone. Mm -hmm. Listen. And she goes, hey, such and such says she needs a big Christmas present. He goes, oh, yeah, I'll get you a flash screen TV. Wow. Then following up. After that, I had a woman walk in the door. She handed me her driver's license. Once again, I put it on the polling pad, scanned the barcode. It showed that she had already received an absentee ballot. She goes, oh, yes, I got two of them, and I sent them both back. I was coming to see if I could vote a third time. <laughs> I was coming to see if I could vote a third time, right? Oh. A third time. Now, this is the last video I'm going to show you because this is a problem. Remember, the Secretary of State here is a huge problem. Listen to this. Not hear back from them. This oh, Why did that happen? Let's go ahead and find it here. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, 
There we go. Now, just so you know, I did call the Secretary of State's office and report all this. Mm -hmm. I did not hear back from them. I still have not heard back from them. But when I did apply to work at the next election of the DA race, I received a phone call from the woman who hired me the first time and says, I understand you filed a complaint against us. Are you hearing that, JC? Yeah. This woman filed a complaint with the Secretary of State about voter fraud. They never got back with her. But they apparently notified her, the people the, she was complaining about. The people about. she was complaining about. She's technically a whistleblower at this point, and they are identifying, exposing her as a whistleblower, but they didn't even have the courtesy to respond to her. So she files a complaint. They don't even let her know that the complaint has been filed, but they sure as heck pick up the phone and contact the person she complained about and, and, and told them they're co-conspirator yeah seriously i need to know why the secretary of state of the state of georgia is not in jail right now this is why donald trump is angry and i would be angry too and by the way this is not about donald trump mind you no and it's at the point the whole the whole thing to this just what she's talking about right here it's it's complete lawlessness complete and the fact that the the rule of law will not be followed mm -hmm. that it, it, i'm telling you this is people make it about trump or biden mm -hmm. it's not about trump or biden this would be a problem no matter who the candidate is right okay it, it, donald duck for president look well, you the, these people are establishing that they're flushing the law down the toilet and then shaking their finger in your face and saying you can't do anything about it right this is what is instigating uprisings and potential uprisings coming to this country jc there are a whole lot more people on this ballot than donald trump correct that remember this is the secretary of elections of kaufman county georgia there's a whole lot more people on this ballot than donald trump this is about corruption how many people lost office that should have won because somebody because 91 percent of the ballots were kicked back yeah. to make that happen and if they're the gatekeepers and saying you know we one you don't get to look at the evidence or we right. shred it uh and if you challenge us we're going to contact our co-conspirators to to carry out retribution against you. I mean, that is how this the apparently yeah. allegedly yeah. the criminal secretary of state of Georgia is running his office. And this is why or at least allowing in the very least. And I don't believe this, but just just to give the guy benefit of the doubt in the very least is so freaking derelict at his duties and asleep at the helm of the secretary of state's office at Georgia that he has allowed the infiltration of these radicals to carry out this what's going on. And at this point he is not doing what needs to be done to deal with it. Okay. So that gives him a total benefit of the doubt. He is either absolutely corrupt and criminal, or he is, he is beyond derelict and asleep at the wheel. Alan says that after Mr. Pulitzer gave his testimony, they went busy shredding ballots in Fulton County so they couldn't turn over the physical right. evidence. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but that doesn't. Uh, but that's the point, right? Yeah. So now. So if that's Crazy. true, 
If that's true, not only do you have the uh, interfering with evidence, withholding evidence, you have the destruction of evidence, right. which is a crime. These there are people and, and this is this is how this works now in Georgia. The people should be marching in the streets for the recall of their of their secretary of state. I, he needs to be removed from office immediately. And you need to make sure that you are with your legislators right now, Georgia, and making sure that laws are passed. So this does not happen again. If, if I've seen how many, like 12 people up there, America screwed, America screwed. If America is screwed, we screwed ourselves. This does not happen overnight. People, this happens because, number one, the American people have been brainwashed into believing that voting is the culmination of all your power. It is all the power you have, right? So when the American believe, people believe that all their power in government rests in voting, then all you have to do is corrupt the voting and now the people feel powerless. Right. You're absolutely right, JC. This is the inciting of violence. There is only one reason for this. Only one at this point. Because if this point, if it was just about voter fraud, do you know what they could have, what they could do, JC? They could just simply say, oh, my bad. We're not quite sure why this happened, but we'll get on it. We'll fix it right away. Right. And then, you know what would happen, JC? The people would go to sleep and they could do the same process over again next election. And people like, well, you know, because the American psyche are, 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 are forgiving people. So be like, well, you know, they tried and it was just a problem with the system. You know, they're all new and we're working out everything and blah, blah, blah. But by exposing and then objecting to the fix. You are actually encouraging people to resist right? when you could put them back to sleep in compliant slumber and do it better next time. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the core problems is uh, at the heart of it, it's bipartisan corruption. So mm -hmm. why so many times the majority of Republican elected persons uh, don't want to do anything is because how many of them are there fraudulently? Right. Exactly. How many of them benefited from this corrupted system and gained their office through this? It, that's why I, they don't want to fix it. I want to answer this question because this is a very legitimate question and people have this. Number one, because people believe that voting is the only way you control government. Voting is not how you control government. It's what you do every other day of every other year. Right. So why do we do a recall when they recall elections? That's exactly the response they want you to have. Why do I even vote when there's so much corruption? That's exactly the response they want you to have. Do you know why you do a recall? Because you keep exposing the depth of the corruption. Why do you keep voting? Why do you keep pushing? Because you need to know how deep the rabbit hole goes. You know, my. I, I, I they need to knowledge. know we're not going to check we not, out. We're not going to check gonna out. Go Absolutely. You don't go away. Frustration is not the answer. When you come against evil, you keep coming against it. You don't just back out. Let me give you an analogy. When I was growing up in Missouri, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but we have a flower that grows in the grass called a dandelion. Now, dandelions are, are flowers, but people call them weeds. You can go and pull up a dandelion, 
But if you pull up a dandelion, you get three more, four more, five more dandelions in that same spot. Because the root, when you pull the dandelion is, the root is up, it actually will sprout more dandelions in the same spot. You keep pulling those dandelions, you will have an entire circle of like 50 dandelions in the same place where you pulled up the one. To kill a dandelion, you have to dig in the ground to find the core root. And you have to either pull out the entire root or you have to kill the root at, at, at its singular part. So That's you're saying I should break out the flamethrower to get rid of it. You can't kill a dandelions. dandelion with flamethrower because it can't get deep enough. What I'm saying is you've got to keep voting. You've got to keep pushing the recall because you've got to get to the root of this problem. And defy, organize, resist. Organize, educate, resist refuse to comply. Don't tell me there are no solutions. There are dozens of solutions. We have just become trained to be to be uh, defeated and discouraged and quit. Don't ever quit. By the way, this is why we have our our movie, our non-compliant movie. This is to help you understand the depth of our power, the the real compass of our power to control all of this. I'm just going to go ahead because I think this is this is the right. You think this is the right spot for this, right, JC? We can do yeah, this. Do it. Yeah, do it. we'll do, do this. It. Do it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up upon a single person and then everybody else will stand a gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs a tampa bay pastor has been arrested sentenced to a week in she jail also and tore up a cease and desist letter we have a posterity waiting for us to say we will not comply so you will be free We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? Then why do we back down? Noncompliantmovie.com.
noncompliantmovie.com is where you can go. Throughout this this episode, we have had tons of people saying that their life has been changed by the education that we have at libertyfirstuniversity.com. Why not ex- why not engage in a life-changing endeavor? You can actually be a member of Liberty First University take the one month challenge. Sign up one month, take as many courses as you can. And tell me that your life is not changed. It, it has to be. I give you that because I know that that we will be able to do this. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. This has been a packed show. Um, leave your comments below on how to uh, make sure that you are, 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 you know, tell everybody how much you're learning and how great this show was. Isender, how, how do we donate? Uh, noncompliantmovie.com noncompliantmovie.com has has a donation spot on there. Sign up to get the rest of our trailers, sign up to get more information <laughs> and sign up to help us with this. And we want to hear, we have a dream of making more of these. And the more support we get this time, the more money we'll get next time. And so we have, uh, or the more mo- movies we can make next time. So thank you so much guys for all you have to do to help us. What you looking for, JC? Where did the website go again? Oh. I was going to quickly try to explain the symbol. Oh, okay. Symbolism there. All right, we can do that. So, Let me hold on. I have to do the yeah. share screen thing here. So, so the symbolism incorporated in there. Symbol. This is the, you know, it's like a danger, a danger sign. Yes. Right. So triangle symbolism number one. It's a danger sign. Yeah. So obviously. There are triangles used for various things, some of them not good. Um, but in this case, so the triangle is the idea of when you see a sign saying saying danger. And so what looks like an exclamation point, right? So you have the exclamation point, uh, you know, road danger. sign danger. danger, danger but danger it in fact, what it in fact, that represents a, a human being, a person. And so therefore the head is down, right? So uh, this is this is basically, you know, represents the bondage that we're mm-hmm. in, the danger that we're in uh, and and our republic being turned upside down. So then when you see the next tri- triangle there to the right uh, where the eye is, it's the upside down exclamation point, which is a person now right side up right and the triangle up. is flipped. So it's that it's it represents the idea of of salvation, essentially, of of writing, of writing what's wrong. And that's why when you look at the video at that point, it showed a little stick figure of a person to connect the idea that Mm -hmm. that exclamation point represents a person. And so that was the symbolism that um, our producer helped helped create. I didn't think of the idea, but. That's the I that's uh, that's, that's what's a, behind. Yeah. That. So it's about okay. individuals joining together in noncompliance and it's to kind of, write a system that has become wrong. Right. And this and then what's interesting about that, you know, the three three triangle represents deity, right? It, it, it represents deity, actually. So the Illuminati and the pedophiles have uh, have because this is what Co-opted, the devil do, yeah. does. They steal something just like the rainbow, right? right? The rainbow was a symbol of salvation from God and the enemy has taken it and turned it into something else. So the same thing, the Illuminati uh, and the pedophiles have taken the triangle and co-opted it. Because so, it's a symbol of the Trinity. So we're 
so our intent here is taking it back. We're taking it back. And this, by the way, the scripture that 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 bring that is brought to my mind yes, when the symbolism sign. is yeah the hazard sign that the scripture is Acts seventeen six. Those who have come to turn the world upside down. When we opened up, we had that that so-called minister giving his prayer to the multiple deities, oh. giving his antichrist prayer. When we're here to turn the world upside down, we're here to steal the world from the antichrist and put it back into the hands of God in in justice and liberty, equality, and that and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, that's so that's what all that means. Yep. Yeah, so that's what's going going on with that. Yeah, dandelions are good good food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. They are. Well, that's why I said some call them wheat. So but, the non-compliance yeah. is kind of the last line in the sand that makes space for you to re-engage in these other measures. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, if we don't right. stop, if we don't say no, right, then then they're going to keep pushing us over the cliff. We have to engage in peaceful non-compliance so that we can re-engage these other methods of organizing and 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 the peaceful methods. Otherwise, I mean. We're pushed to the point where now it rolls down to the states. So you're talking about calling up the militia. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it falls down to the people of having mm -hmm. to take matters in their own hands. So clearly that is a remedy, but it is it is the remedy we're trying to avoid for as long as we have other means. Right. That's exactly. what we're that's what we're all about. Right. Uh, nobody nobody here on this show rejects the right of secession or the right nope. of self-defense or nope. the right to keep them bare arms. No, nope. that is certainly not our message, but we want to exhaust every right. peaceful means possible. So mm -hmm. exactly Parker, it's peaceful until it's, until it's not. Yeah. And when it's not, it's not, but it won't and be on that's us. That's fine. It won't be on us. But and it, our founders, it be by the we way, didn't use every peaceful right. means necessary. And let's just be clear. Our founders did not, did not throw the first dart. No, they did not. They did every, they exhausted every peaceful thing and even went beyond exhausting every peaceful remedy to make sure that we have this. Yeah. Uh, just remember just a rule of thumb, just because somebody did it in the past, doesn't make it constitutional. History does not amend the constitution and the practice of individuals does not amend the constitution. Right. So you can pull up 37 different historical events yeah. It does not change the yeah, Constitution. Yeah, I saw a video today where the, the commentator was saying because of a vice president did this. So it so we have precedent. And and even while he was explaining it, he said, uh, what did he say? I, I realize he broke federal law in doing it, but he did it. So therefore, VP has the power. No. Uh, that's not no, no, how no. it works, bro. So so does that mean I can go to somebody's house? Here's how this works. You steal their car mm -hmm. because you stole their car. You now I have car. the power to go right. in and steal anything. President, even though president. he broke the law, I realize. Even though I broke, broke the law, law, I have a precedent I mean, to steal. This is a conservative commentary. He literally said that right. he broke federal law doing it. But my point is he did it. So there's precedent. Okay. Uh, that's that's the <laughs> abomination of precedent as yeah. as law. Lawyers will be quick to give you that argument sure, because sure. that's the brainwashing lawyers have had the yeah. institutional brainwashing of lawyers right. as to precedent over law itself over the Constitution is yeah. just mind boggling. I, I am so, so upset with that. Mm -hmm. So um, 
we we do not want the vice president to have autonomous power to determine whether he is to be remain in office or not. Because remember, mm-hmm. there will be another election in four years. Right. And if this one doesn't go the way you want it, then whoever's in office this time will now have your permission your permission to stay in office. So we'll so. see. A little over 48 hours yep. and it, it may be a completely different discussion. Can I can I say this just to sort of get people off the ledge too as our as our exiting thing? This is not going to be the end of the world. Um this right. is not even the worst crisis that America has lived through. No. The worst cri- look our constitution was written during the worst crisis America has ever suffered. Mm-hmm. In that constitutional, in that worst crisis where we created the constitution, we created limited and defined powers for the president, the vice president, the Congress, the judiciary. There is no emergency, no crisis today that we can experience greater than that one that would ever justify denying, circumventing, or refusing to enforce the Constitution. Mm. We've been through worse. This is not going to be the end of the world. And it's not a reason to throw up your hands and quit. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. It's your reason to keep pushing. Yeah. Every day I scratch my head at the chicken little desperation the the new the new patriot movement yeah people are just frustrated i think a lot of that is just an expression of frustration i don't think they're actually that desperate i'll 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 be nice then but my goodness guys let's get a a little fortitude if you're chicken little then you're the sunshine soldier and the 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 sunshine soldier and the sunny day patriot or however that goes i can't remember off the top of my head but don't be that don't be that guy don't be that guy. It's a little over the top. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. We just simply want to say uh, we love you. Happy New Year. God bless you.